Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour One. Hello, America. Have you voted yet? It is Eric Erickson here, the Eric Erickson Show across the nation. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be on this year's program, you are welcome to call in today. We're going to kind of do an open line day uh, because it's election day. And believe it or not, there could have been like an, an, an island nation somewhere could have been wiped off the map by a nuclear explosion and no one's covering it because everybody's watching the American elections. Uh, And we won't know anything until 7 or 8 o'clock tonight. By the way, speaking of 7 or 8 o'clock tonight, if you are listening on my flagship station, WSB, we're going to have a special election roundtable. I'm actually in studio for it today. All the talk hosts of WSB will be together in studio from 6 to 8 p.m. to talk about the midterms as they affect us. I can tell you all I have incredible sources who told me something important. Uh, Several of the top staff for Stacey Abrams were seen leaving Atlanta last night via Hartsfield-Jackson, two dead mayors international airport, already going home. They know the race is over for her. So I want to begin the program today. And I want to walk you through, I've got a lot of thoughts to share today. And this is one of those convoluted days where it is probably our most listened to day of the year. And it actually is one of the least exciting days of the year. Because the Super Bowl of politics, that is the election, you really don't know anything until after the sun goes down. But I want to share a couple of things with you uh, out of the gate. Uh, And I want to start with this. I ran campaigns for a number of years, many of you know. It is eight minutes after 12 o'clock. I was very tempted to pull a beer out of the fridge. The reason is this. When I ran campaigns, I had a tradition, and this is I'm, I'm deviating from the tradition here. At noon, I would fill up a cooler full of beer and ice, lay in a hammock by myself, and spend the day drinking. Because there's literally at this point nothing a campaign can do. Have you ever wondered about campaigns? I was talking to a friend of mine who said, oh, I guess the, the, the last couple of days of the campaign, there's really nothing to do. No, no. Uh, the last day of the campaign is furious activity. You're making sure the poll workers are ready to go. The poll watchers are ready to go. Uh, you've got your lawyers geared up. You've got your sign people out. You're, you're going to have them on the street corners holding up signs. You know the key locations. You're putting signs out at precincts. You go today to vote. You're going to see signs for candidates around the voting precincts. All of that was done in many cases overnight. I have a friend who was out until 5 o'clock this morning doing it, ended his day at the Waffle House, went and took a three-hour nap and is already up, out, holding signs. Going to go do poll observations this afternoon. We'll have a very long night fueled by adrenaline. But if you're the actual campaign, if you're the candidate, there's not a whole lot left you can do. If you're the campaign manager, the campaign strategist, everything is locked and loaded at this point. Your ads have run, your mail has gone, your money is spent. All you can do is sit in the hammock and have a beer and wait until the evening. In the mornings, you'll make phone calls to make sure volunteers are getting out. You'll check in through the day, increasingly slurred in your words, to make sure that the voters are out, going where they need to go, casting the votes they need to cast. You'll be checking on turnout throughout your campaign district, and then you'll be done. Your fate is in the hands of voters. You will win or you will lose. In some states, like Georgia, you might go to a runoff and do it all over again in four weeks. 
Here's what's going to happen, though. Those of you who are Democrats, you will not want to do it, but you will curl your lips, and in a few weeks you will utter the words, Speaker McCarthy. Because Kevin McCarthy today will become Speaker of the House of Representatives unofficially. It will be made so January 3rd. The Democrats are going to lose today. Overnight, 538 surged Pennsylvania into the Republican column. They have held off doing so until today. Georgia, 60% chance of Herschel Walker winning without a runoff. Adam Laxalt, 70% chance of winning outright. And now Mehmet Oz, a 58% chance of winning the Senate race in Pennsylvania. For all the Democrats who have said, but the early vote, the early vote, the early vote, the early vote in Pennsylvania came in under 2018 levels. It was predominated by Democrats, but came in under 2018 levels. And Republicans have overwhelmed the polls this morning in Pennsylvania. There is a massive wait time all over Pennsylvania in rural and urban areas for people to turn out. Turnout means nothing. But when the early vote was down and the lines are long everywhere in Pennsylvania, the Republicans are showing up. In Florida, they have already begun to process the early vote data. Florida allows them to do it. It's a great law. Every state should model what Florida does. They're processing the early vote. They're counting the FC ballots. Every single county in Florida at this moment has Republicans ahead. That's not something that happened in 2020 or 2018. That's something that happened in 2010. In Hillsborough County, Pennsylvania, which is a big county in Pennsylvania. The Republicans are dominating that race. Uh, It is a big deal nationally. I um, I see some friends of mine who are Actually, I'm sorry. I said Pennsylvania, but I'm 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 looking at Florida, Hillsborough County, Florida, uh, is where I'm looking. And my brain is saying Pennsylvania because I'm thinking about what's happening in Pennsylvania, Hillsborough County, Florida. Uh, the Republicans are crushing it. That's the Tampa area in Florida. Republicans hold a two to one lead right now. Ron DeSantis, we will know by eight o'clock tonight that he's won. We'll know that Brian Kemp has won by 8 o'clock tonight. In fact, I so I'm on this roundtable discussion on WSB uh, radio tonight from 6 to 8, and I'm also having to MC the Kemp event, and I'm going to be at the Kemp event, and Brian Kemp's race is already going to be called, and this will be the first time that I have not been the one on stage to declare him the winner, uh, which is somewhat upsetting, but uh, work is work. Uh, This will be the first time I haven't been there to be able to do this because he will be uh, declared about 8 o'clock tonight, and I won't be able to get there until 8.30 just in time to be able to announce the candidate coming to the stage if all goes according to plan and traffic holds up. Cutting it close on this one. But I, I, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta start with this though, because this is what you really came here for. This is what you need to know, particularly if you're a Democrat. You've been deluded and misled if you're a Democrat, and I don't mean that pejoratively. I, I don't mean to insult you. Here's what's going on. Um, so there are people who are my friends, and there are people who are friends with a guy on the radio. 
virtually every one of the people who is friends with the guy on the radio thinks they are my friend. But over time, I have learned the real distinction between the two. And the distinction is this. The people who are friends with Eric Erickson hardly ever ask me about the news and politics. And the friends who are friends with the guy on the radio almost exclusively ask me about news and politics. And those are the people as well. When I say things that they disagree with, when I go against the tribe, they're the ones who send me the angry text messages. Because they're friends with me, they think they're friends with me. They're friends with this guy they know on the radio. Because they think they're friends with me, they're the ones who think they can hold me to account. They're the ones who can tell me, you're better than this. They're the ones who can conjole me and bully me into getting back in line. Don't you say that? You shut your mouth, Erickson. You're depressing the vote. You're. Why would you say this? We need to win. And what you're doing, you're demoralizing the troops, Erickson. You better stop. Now, what I'm saying is true. So the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia is one of those people whose number is blocked on my telephone. Because after the 2020 election in Georgia, I disagreed with him on the stolen election stuff and got a tirade in my inbox angrily about what I was saying on radio that I knew to be true. And I had to block his phone number. He wouldn't shut up. And it was just vitriol. Other people gave my phone number to other people, and people I didn't even know would text me angrily. Now, if you know my nature, my nature is when I know I'm right about something or I'm really convinced I'm right, I'm going to dig in my heels and it's going to become a middle finger to you as I dogmatically reassure you that I know what I'm talking about. And more often than not, I do. But the pressure from the tribe comes, the bullying comes, the yelling comes, the exile comes, the people who you thought were your friends are no longer your friends. They're mad at you. I say all of this to say that's what's going on with the media right now. You see, the press is in the Democratic tribe. The press is in the Democratic tribe. And because the press is in the Democratic tribe... They all have each other's cell phones. They drink together. They socialize together. They hang out in the green room together. They know each other's families. And the press can't tell the Democrats the doom that awaits them. The press cannot be the harbingers of doom to their friends because the tribal peer pressure is too much for them to bear. They don't want to be the ones telling Democrats you're about to get wiped out. The red tsunami is upon us. So they temper it with pollsters. They can't really tell us what's going on. Pollsters think the GOP is doing okay, but they're within the margin of error. So it could be, it all comes down to turnout, folks. Today, Catherine Rample, who is a reliable progressive hack at the Washington Post, is uh, has a column saying Democrats are in denial. They're going to get wiped out today and don't see it coming because no one's been honest with them. She's one of the ones who wasn't honest with them. She, for a while, was downplaying the economy, suggesting abortion would override all concerns. It's not. The Democrats may very well not get wiped out as big as they otherwise would because of abortion, but as a Republican, I'll take it. We got rid of Roe v. Wade. We're going to win the House. We're going to win the Senate. may not be by the margins we wanted, but we're going to do both. I still think Herschel Walker wins without a runoff, but if I'm wrong, he goes to a runoff and probably wins. 
I think that Mehmet Oz wins Pennsylvania. 538 overnight has put him in the lead. I think Adam Laxalt wins Nevada. I actually think that Blake Masters wins Arizona. I think the GOP gets a uh, three-seat majority in the Senate. And for some Republicans, it still won't be enough. They'll yell about Mitch McConnell and his spending. They'll ignore that Donald Trump really did not spend that $100 million he said he was going to spend. But what's going on today, what is important for you to understand, particularly if you're on the left, is a lot of Democrats don't see what's coming tonight because the media outlets they listen to haven't made them aware of it. They've downplayed it. They've told them democracy is under threat and the voters will come for them, come out for them, not turn against them. Larry Sabato's crystal ball, the Cook Political Index, 538, Real Clear Politics, the Mystery Pollster, some of them of the left, some of them of the right, some of them nonpartisan, truly nonpartisan all now have the GOP taking the House and the Senate today. It was always going to happen this way. They just saved it till the very end, not necessarily to build excitement, but to forestall the angry text messages from their friends in the Democratic tribe, who tonight are going to be in a state of shell shock. And when you turn on MSNBC late tonight to watch the tears flow as they struggle to form the words Senate Majority Leader McConnell and Speaker McCarthy, You'll understand what happened. The press corps has been so captured by the Democratic Party that they struggled to and could not, in fact, be truthful to their tribe because they were scared of the pressure. I get that. I do. I'm sympathetic to it. Y'all should see what happens to me when I say things that you guys disagree with me about that I think I'm right on. I get it. Well, you still got to do it. It's part of your job to tell people what you think and not to, to hide it because you're scared of people's reaction to it. But the press doesn't understand that because their ratings are already down. They're scared to death of losing more of their audience. So they would rather be vague and naive than be precise and truthful to the Democrats. Doom awaits them tonight. It may not be the massive wave if Roe v. Wade was still the law of the land but it's going to be a massive wave nonetheless. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do tank. Americans for Prosperity is a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you. Check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of the program, uh, we're going to do more of a free-for-all today in large part because it's election day and there's not a ton of news. To, to the extent there is news, I want to cover it. 
Uh, there is some that I want to get to, but I'll spend the day with your phone calls. Uh, we can we can walk through this together. I do want to kind of walk you through what's going to happen this evening uh, so you, you prepare. I want to go over some of the races to watch. I want to go over some of the expectations. And I also, when we come back at the bottom of the hour, want to kind of walk you through the f- campaign flow. Because I think that's really important because you can see early on some of the mistakes Democrats made um, early in the campaign cycle. I am in the next hour. I want to spend a little bit of time talking about Stacey Abrams. Very reliably, I was told parts of her staff left the state of Georgia last night. They're not sticking around today. They know what's coming. She's been a national cause celeb for the left. She made it into United Earth as president in Star Trek. And I want to spend a little bit of time talking about why she lost. She was, I think you should know, never going to win this time. The headwinds are just too strong. But there was a decisive moment when she lost the campaign and went from it's arguable she could run a decent campaign to she's toast. And that was the moment she sat down with those kids in the classroom and every kid had a mask on and she did not. The moment that went viral, she lost and was not redeemable as a candidate. But why did the whole campaign implode? I want to talk about that. Uh, and then, of course, we got to get to to what what makes a good night, what makes a great night, what makes uh, the best night. I kind of broke that down for people in the show notes email. If you don't get the show notes email, text the word data to 33777. Uh, get, go on, get a subscription. Uh, you can get today's show notes email unlocked, and you can see the good, uh, the great, and the best. Some of those races I want you to keep in mind. Uh, you should also keep in mind, for those Democrats who don't believe me that this is going to be a bad night for them, uh, Sean Patrick Maloney is in deep, deep doo-doo today. He is the chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, DCCC. He should be in a very safe seat. And instead, uh, some are already murmuring he may lose tonight. It's been a disaster for the Democrats in the House. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation, 877-973-7425. Uh, real quick, for all of you, wherever you are listening, nationwide, do not, do not, and I, I, this is this actually isn't frivolous, this isn't a joke, this is actually serious, don't take a picture inside your voting location. Do not, under any circumstance, take a picture of your ballot. It actually is against the law. Do not post the pictures on social media. Do not do that. You can get in trouble. You can be fined or go to jail. Why is that? Because in the 50s and 60s, during Jim Crow in the South, white residents would sometimes push black residents to vote in certain ways and demand proof of it by either showing their ballot or or whatnot, and they banned the display of people's votes, public display of someone's vote. You cannot now take a picture of someone's ballot and post it online, including your own. It is against the law. Arguably unconstitutional for you to not be able to show your own ballot as a matter of free speech. It has not been challenged. You can get in trouble. Do not do it. Above all else, whatever you do, 
do not take a photographic record, a recording of any way, shape, or form, any kind whatsoever inside a polling location. Do not do it. It is very much against the law because of voter intimidation. Now, to the phones. I want to start with Jeff. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Jeff, how are you? Hey, pretty good, Eric. I'm glad uh, to have your time for a minute. I had a question. Uh, I was talking to your screener, and he described that maybe they changed my polling place. We, we were unaware of it. When my wife showed up to vote this morning, she was about seventh in line. And this is at Chattahoochee Hills out in South Fulton County. It's a very small area. It's a very small voter uh, area. There's not a lot of line or anything. But all the six people in front of her and my wife included were told that they were at the wrong polling place. And my wife said, I don't think so. And the lady, she turned on a computer and it showed my wife that it said we were supposed to go in some Marietta church up in Cobb County. You know, we're Fulton County residents. Why would we be deferred to vote in in Cobb County? That doesn't sound right to me. Yeah, okay. So if you're in Fulton and you're told to go to Cobb, uh, no, that's not right. Uh, There's something going on there. You should call the Board of Elections. Uh, Absolutely call the Board of Elections because uh, each county handles its own elections, so Fulton can't go to Cobb. Cobb doesn't go to Fulton. Uh, They do every 10 years with redistricting, oftentimes shake up polling precincts. But if you're in South Fulton, you can't be asked to go to Cobb County. There's got to be something lost in translation there for that to happen if you're a resident in Fulton County um, to be able to go somewhere else. So you probably do in South Fulton County have a different precinct because they rearranged those precincts. Uh, but it's not to Cobb County. Call the Board of Elections. There will be people there to help you. It is based on where you are uh, listed as a resident, typically on your driver's license, where you show up. Now, this is a good good, good thing here, though. Um, I, I said today's a free-for-all on the phones. But just bear with me here that um, on your voting irregularities, if if something happened to you at a polling location and you don't think it's right, don't call me. Call the Board of Elections. If something happened to you at your local voting precinct and you think it was wrong, call the Board of Elections or call your local party, Democrat or Republican. Nine times out of ten, what happens Nine times out of ten, what happens is something that is translatable and understandable but is misunderstood by the voters as something nefarious. Like in Pennsylvania, Dr. Oz needs to lawyer up. Uh, Philadelphia has announced it's going to do uh, double voter verification. Philadelphia will slow down the counting of, of ballots today. And it sounds shady. Let me explain to you what the ballot verification process will do in in Philadelphia today. They are going to make – it's going to slow down the process. Pennsylvania is notoriously a slow state to count votes. The reason is because the state legislature passed a law – this is the state legislature run by Republicans – passed a law that Pennsylvania cannot count the absentee and early votes until the day of votes are counted. So Florida counts the absentee and early votes before you go to the polls today. Pennsylvania doesn't count them until after the polls have closed tonight, and that drags out the process and makes it longer. 
there's this conspiracy theory on the left right now, or on the right right now, that, uh, oh, they're warning us about all the polling locations being slow and, and, and this red mirage. And clearly, they're no, they're trying to explain to you what happened last time that you didn't believe. So here's my thing. You can call in today. It's a free-for-all. But if you're calling in to already at basically not even 1 o'clock in the afternoon suggest there's fraud happening, I don't want to hear from you. You need a therapist. I'm not talking about my last caller. I'm not trying to insult him. Clearly something, there was a mix-up here at his local polling location, and he needs to call the Board of Elections and get it clarified. Someone in a county can't be made to go vote in a different county. That's not how it works unless they've moved residences, and this is where they've always gone, but now they've moved to a different different location, and they just went by habit to the old location. Plausible explanations, but, but spare me your, they're going to steal the vote in Pennsylvania. Because let me explain to you what, what Philadelphia is doing. This this headline that has all the Republicans outraged this morning. Oh, my gosh, they're going to steal Philadelphia. They're doing something called double ballot verification. Oh, my gosh, what are they going to do? They're going to steal it. Do you know what they're going to do? Brace yourself. for this. You may need to sit down for this. You may need a brown paper bag to breathe into when I tell you. They're going to slow down the process to make sure that voters who vote on Election Day didn't vote. By absentee ballot as well. I know. What normally happens is they wait and do all of this after the election is over and they haven't counted the absentee ballots at their beginning. They're going to do it concurrently today and it's going to cause them to wait later in the day to count the absentee ballots. But that's what's actually happening in Philly. It's a good thing, not a bad thing that they're going to make sure that people who cast absentee ballots didn't show up on Election Day and vote. And they're going to do it the way they're going to do it tonight, the double uh, ballot verification, so that they throw out the absentee ballots for people who showed up at the polls instead of trying to count them. This is a good thing. So just please, I really am – I would love to take your phone calls today about the election, about what I think is going to happen, where you should watch, things like that. But just spare me your conspiracy theories today. Please, people, please, can we not do they've stolen the election from us when the polls are still open? Can you at least wait to vent until tonight when your preferred candidate loses before you conclude that they've stolen the election? Please. I realize Republicans have embraced a victim mentality in elections, but I intend for us to win today. We should be able to savor a win instead of screaming that, oh, my gosh, the polls said that Don Bolduck was going to win in New Hampshire and he didn't lose. It was stolen. It's illegitimate. Lies. You just won the Senate and you're screaming about a guy who really didn't have a shot of winning, didn't win because a poll from a Republican pollster told you he was going to win and you think it must have been stolen. Calm down. Take the win. Be good winners. How did everybody get so angry? We're on the verge of red tsunami. We had a blood moon over Washington last night as a harbinger of the doom to come for the Democrats. You should be happy today and tune into MSNBC tonight and watch them cry on television about the death of democracy and laugh at them instead of screaming that the election was stolen when you just won everything. Now, Back to the phones, 877-973-7425. Richard, you're up next. Welcome. Hey, thank you very much for having me. Love the show, and thank you for everything you do. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. I just wanted to know, um, is it more accurate or is it better to vote early or to vote the day of? 
Uh, it what doesn't matter. Uh, honest to goodness, okay. it doesn't matter. Uh, I will tell you my experience this year under Georgia's new system. I voted by absentee ballot, and I got a text message from the Board of Elections uh, two weeks ago that said they have received back my ballot and they have approved it. It will be counted. Um, and I don't worry about it. Honestly, I, a lot of people, a lot of Republicans are so skeptical of the system now that they go vote on Election Day. And the problem is that if the lines are really long on Election Day, there are always going to be some people who say, oh, screw this. I'm going to miss work. I, got, I can't vote now. And so right. they don't vote. So I, uh, early voting is here to stay. As much as I disagree with early voting, it's here to stay. You might as well take advantage of it if you can. Uh, and the Republicans actually did pretty well in early voting here in Georgia. So it's not going to matter one way or the other. Yes, they've done very well for us in Tennessee as well. And I, I come down to Atlanta every day as a truck driver, so I listen to your show. And um, I was just curious if if one was better than the other or more accurate, per se, or um, not overloading the system the day of or, you know, trying to do it early voting. Yeah, and, and so, you know, this is actually one, one of the cool parts about early voting now is, is because people can tell who early votes, we kind of get a sense headed into Election Day, okay, my side needs this many people to turn up. So the parties kind of know at the end of the day now. Um, what's going to happen. I will say this about early voting. I wish more states did what Florida did, which is they approve and verify all of the ballots before Election Day. So every early vote uh, that has come in by absentee ballot in Florida, they've already done the process of verifying it's a legitimate ballot. And so they yeah. start counting those votes yesterday and they put them into the system today. So at the end of the night, they get the real-time election electronically cast vote. They've already got the absentee scan. So we're going to know Florida out of the gate pretty early tonight. And no one's going to question the system because they literally have in every single county a Democrat sits next to a Republican. Each side is given the opportunity to challenge the absentee ballot. Neither side challenges it. They count it. And they do it all. And they don't have a problem. They fixed it after the 2000 election. I wish everybody did that. Pennsylvania waits until after everything is closed and then says, okay, now let's start counting, hand counting the absentee ballots. It's a stupid system. I couldn't agree more with you on that. I, I love that idea, and I wish they would. And hopefully, eventually, we'll get there. Hey, Richard, since you said you're a truck driver, I'm going to put you on the spot here and, and talk about something not election related. Uh, how's diesel looking for you right now? Uh, from our company, we just told, we were told that it would be about 22 days left right now of fuel right now. Oh, gosh almighty. That's not so good. It's getting very skeptical. I, you know, I just, it, it, it can definitely, uh, wear on you a little bit because we, as we all know, we all run on diesel. I mean, you can't do without it. So yep. it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, it is. Well, best of luck out there in this economy situation. Thank you for calling in. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. All right, uh, folks, I want to take more of your phone calls, but I because I want to take phone calls. In fact, Josh, on hold, don't go anywhere because I want to get you after this commercial break, but i got to talk about Patriot Mobile real quick. Patriot Mobile has been funding the conservative causes you care about, the Second Amendment cause, the pro-life cause. They need your help to do it. Here's what they do. They take you, the customer, take a portion of your profits, and they fund the conservative movement. So... What happens is you take your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile. They're a cell phone company. I should have led with that, huh? You get data, 5G, voice, whatever. You take your existing phone number to Patriot Mobile, 
And then they take the profits that you help them generate and they fund the conservative causes that you care about. You'd go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You can see a detailed map down to your house, how good the coverage is. They use the same cell towers everybody else uses. You get guaranteed great service. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT, 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get great discounts if you're a teacher, first responder, a veteran. You're an NRA member. You get good discounts. All you got to do is tell them I sent you. They have 100% U.S.-based customer service. The phone number again, 972-PATRIOT, or just go online and begin the process. PatriotMobile.com slash E-R-I-C-K. So you should be subscribing to my Substack by now. Uh, as a radio listener, you get a 15% discount. You text the word data to 33777, and you would see what I think a good night, a great night, and the best night are for the GOP tonight, which is related to this phone call I wanted to take from Josh. Welcome to the show, Josh. Uh, hey, Eric. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Uh, uh, my question, I guess, would be, is there one race that you think is going to, to like, to be the shocker, you know, one I, I use like uh, Lee Zeld in New York, for instance. I'm when I hear that, oh, it's close. It's kind of, mm, yeah, probably not. Is there one that you think either side, whether it swings, you know, not yeah. necessarily for the Republicans, um, but one that you're going to be like, mm, didn't see that one coming. I actually think Lee Zeldin's race is the one to to watch, and then also uh, Kristen Drazen out in Oregon, the Republican yeah. gubernatorial nominee there. Uh, I think if either one actually does win, there's a suspicion they could. Uh, mm. Kathy Huchel's donors in New York are telling her she's going to lose today. She doesn't believe them. I think those would be the really big ones. But let me break this down for folks. On my good, my great, and my my best night, let's work with the Democrats first. Here's why the Democrats are going to lose the House of Representatives. Redistricting. They can only afford to lose five seats just based on the lines alone right now. The GOP should get 10 seats. So the GOP wins. There's barring some unforeseen calamity against Republicans. The GOP won't lose the House of Representatives and never was going to. On a really good night for the GOP, though, I think they can get at least 20 seats. And I'm really my personal bet is 35 seats. Anything over 35, I think, is just unforeseen uh, wild card event. On the Senate side, I think the GOP probably does win control. The best case scenario for the Democrats is they get 51 seats because they hold everything and win Pennsylvania. I don't see that happening in this environment. Um, a, a modest outcome for the Democrats is the 50-50 hold. They lose... Nevada, they pick up Pennsylvania, they win everything else. Uh, but the Democrats have to sweep the Senate in an environment that's hostile to the Democrats. So I think it's more likely that the Republicans pick up the Senate uh, by 51 or 52 seats, maybe 53. There may be a runoff in Georgia. I still think Walker gets out of it without because of the black male vote in Georgia. I think that's possible. Uh, I don't think they pick up New Hampshire. I think that was always kind of a pipe dream. The one reason they could pick up New Hampshire is there's no early voting. The entire momentum in New Hampshire has shifted rapidly to the GOP in the last two weeks alone. There is no early voting in New Hampshire. So you have to go vote today if you're going to vote in New Hampshire. And that could push the GOP over the edge there. That's possible. 
Um, I just don't see a scenario where the Democrats make a lot of gains in the nation in this political environment. Aaron, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. Um, called several times. I love your show. Thank you. Just wanted first to mention that I, I've been praying for you and your wife all day. I appreciate um, it. I know she had her uh, results. Today. I'm waiting for her to text um, about the results. Okay, awesome. Um, you'll have to let us viewers know. I, I think I can speak for a lot of us that say we're um, we're invested and we we pray. I appreciate for it. You guys. Thank you. Um, you are most welcome. I, I just had a kind of uh, anecdotal little tidbit. It, the um, the Democrats have done so bad that even the moon went red. <laughs> You know, I'm glad you said that. Uh, I, I saw a really impressive picture of the the blood red moon eclipse happening over the U.S. Capitol at about five o'clock this morning before the sun rose. There's your harbinger of doom for the Democrats right there. If the stars mean anything, and even going back to biblical times, they they thought the stars did that. The Magi, of course, did. Yeah, th- there's a warning sign. But who knows? Maybe democracy really ends tonight. Except I don't think so. Aaron, thank you for that, and thank you for the prayers, and all of you. Yes. Uh, My wife had her cancer scans this morning, and we are waiting for the doctor. I couldn't go because the the appointment was supposed to be at 11 this morning, and I was going to go with her, and then they had to move it because of the doctor's schedule to 1.30, between 1.30 and 2 o'clock. And so her dad went with her, and I'm just sitting here awaiting the text message that everything went well, so your prayers are appreciated that we get good cancer scans again. When we come back, I want to spend just a couple minutes on the fall of Stacey Abrams.